Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, a broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Cornerstone Financial Consultants are not affiliated. Welcome to the Journey Mindset Podcast. My name is Sean Ulrich, and I'm a financial advisor at Cornerstone Financial in Washington, Missouri. And I am joined by my co-host, Ron Shear. And Ron is a former financial advisor with a wealth of knowledge on all things investing. So we are lucky to have him. And we got to talk about it, Ron, the Missouri Tigers. Yes, we do. Those Tigers. (laughs) Tigers won, not the LSU Tigers, but the the Mizzou Tigers. And that was quite a victory for them. But I understand that... uh, the game with Vanderbilt has uh, been uh, uh, rescheduled now because it's not really a laughing matter, and I, I, mm. I don't mean to make light of it, but they don't have enough players to play yeah. because of the, uh, of you know, they've been rav- teams been ravaged by the virus. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But revving back up on the Mizzou Tigers, Ron, I gotta say, man, it has been a while since you could watch a Mizzou football game and get excited about an offense and right. just you know the way that the plays have been called. Right. So yeah. I don't know, man. What what was your takeaway from from watching that first game or for, for you know the first victory of the season? I should say. Well, I I just uh, I just can't you know I don't think anybody expected the Mizzou Tigers to beat Alabama. I, don't think I mean, so you know, I just I just don't think. <laughs> I just don't think it was uh, in the area of expectation, but I just uh, my thinking is is that there's so much hope and so much potential there. Yeah, and uh, you know he's Coach Drinkwist is doing a lot of local recruiting. Yep, and uh, he's doing a phenomenal job, and I I just think that that uh, I'm not going to say that in five years they're going to be a powerhouse, but I think they're going to be close. I think I think the potential's there if they can keep keep the coaches happy and keep him there. And, and my take on the situation, so I got to finish up playing college sports down in Louisiana. And when I listen to Coach Drinkwitz speak, he reminds me so much of my coaches down in Louisiana. And, and looking at athletics, when you have a coach that's been successful enough to go from a program like Appalachian right. State, turn that program into an undefeated program, that says a lot about that coach's system. That means he can bring you know all the plays that he's called, all, all the ways that he's run a program effectively into you know a conference like the SEC where you know it's it's top of the line when you start to infuse talented players right. into a phenomenal system you can get some great results and that's what we saw with LSU I mean that defense is is very depleted there's a lot of guys that are either injured or not playing because right. of coronavirus too so we don't want to act like oh you know this was the LSU of last year that won a national championship but it is still very excited to see very exciting to see as a Missouri Tiger fan you know, coming from an offense these past couple of years where if you watched enough Mizzou football, you could really almost anticipate what play they were going to call in certain <laughs> situations. You it's know, true. It was going to be a slow handoff or some sort of a bubble screen, and right. it was just kind of a frustrating thing to witness. And so I'm excited, man. I'm fired up, too. You know, I'm really looking forward to hopefully continuing to infuse some more talent and then there's been some some big time hits on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if you've been able to see any of those, but yes. they got a, a tough schedule coming up. 
Uh, obviously, Vanderbilt has struggled this season. Uh, that game should be winnable. And then I think they got to take on the Florida Gators, the fourth-ranked Florida Gators last I looked. Yeah. Uh, and then follow it up. I think it's Kentucky that they play after that, Some, somewhere within the next stretch of games. Uh, so we're, uh, we're hoping that if we can come out of that stretch with shoot, a, a win or two, You've got to think that bodes well heading into the second half of the season. Well, I think so, and you know we uh, we've we've kind of gotten used to the bowl end of the year bowl situation, and uh, and I I would tend to think that if they can just uh, they can maintain that they might be once again bowl eligible. We certainly live and hope. Yeah, absolutely. So we're 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 jacked. We're jacked about it in Washington, Missouri, baby. <laughs> Uh, our topic for today, Ron, is going to be looking ahead and seeing what industries have done well during this coronavirus pandemic and what industries may continue to lead the charge heading into the future. Now, we've already talked about AI or artificial intelligence right. on a previous show, so we may touch on that a little bit today. But before we get rolling, Ron, what are some takeaways that you've noticed in businesses as we've navigated through this coronavirus time? You know, I'm just amazed at how how people, business owners and business managers can think outside the box. I mean, and I mean, if, even if, if it's just the local restaurant here that that was quarantined, shut, you know, uh, for a, a month or two. And the guy went into the grocery business. You could go up there and mm-hmm. order a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a pound of bacon, a pound of ham and. And you know whatever you you needed, you couldn't uh, couldn't get everything there, obviously. But uh, it was very ingenious uh, how people uh, to survive and, and to keep their business alive and viable. What they what they ended up doing, and and it's happened throughout the country. And uh, I just think that the American people are just so ingenious, and uh, and so uh, they're just so so dedicated and yep. so committed to to. To their businesses, that uh, they're just—it's phenomenal as to things that they they think of, and you know, thinking outside the box. I'm not a big outside the box thinker. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> conventional. That things are things are pretty black and white to run. So, mm, well, but I admire it. Well, and I'm someone too that'll come up with a lot of ideas. Not always the best ideas, but hey, at least there's some ideas. Uh, you know, and and as you mentioned, Ron, uh, this is a great show for small business owners or really any investor to listen to because it helps keep them aware of the growing trends in today's economy and might allow them to stay on top of ways to keep their business moving in a positive direction. And so the first industry that I thought we would focus on, Ron, is collaboration software and data storage. So so if you're somebody that's not familiar with technology or not familiar with either of those terms, you know, there's companies throughout this pandemic that have moved almost exclusively online. They're doing all their business online. And one of the ways that companies have managed to stay ahead is by programs that allow somebody that works in Texas to be able to effectively work with another employee of that same company here in St. Louis and to do it effectively. And plus, Ron, these companies and this industry allow us to be able to connect in a time where there's really not a lot of connecting going on in today's society. We're pretty isolated right now with oh. uh, with uh, with this virus and uh, the way we're working from home and, and uh, just not moving around a whole lot. For sure. And I don't know about you, Ron, but I need some connection in my life at times. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know? it's important, Sean. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, you know, you've got a physical health, you've got a mental health, mm-hmm. and you have a spiritual health. And it's it's just good to have other people around and to be around other people. It's, uh, it's just the way God built us. I couldn't agree more. And essentially, Ron, this allows a business to get on the same page and continue to do business 
you know, as we're all forced to work from home for good reason, and people have the ability to invest in companies that are allowing this transition process, and who knows, it could be here for quite a long time, uh, there's ways for people to invest in that. So another possible thought that an investor might have is what makes this collaboration software, the ability to work with businesses across state lines and even shoot across the world, what makes this industry so attractive? Ron, it really has to do with the business models that a lot of these companies have. And, and you know, they have to do with the, these companies' ability to retain customers at a very high rate. So think about it. If you're a company that was forced to go online during this time, right. I mean, that is so essential to keeping your business going. You know, if you decide to switch from that program, there's probably high switching costs. There's probably a lot that comes along with switching out of a business that continues to, uh, to allow your business to run. Sure. You know, the second thing you see with companies in this industry are really high growth rates, especially during this coronavirus time, because everybody's doing the same thing, which are key for any long-term investor. We're always looking for those high growth rates. And one of the fascinating aspects of our job, Ron, is that it allows us the ability to learn and examine exactly what businesses have become successful and which ones look like they're going to stay successful. So keeping in line with the reality of today's world, Ron, one of my questions for you is that, you know, you've worked with many small business owners in the past. How does this coronavirus time compare with previous challenges that business owners may have had to face? I don't think there's anything that I can ever think of in, in, my, in the past that really compares to this. Um, and, it, and part of the reason I think is, is because it's, it can be somewhat frightening in, uh, in, in several different ways. Um, you know, the virus itself, we knew so little about it and, and we're slightly ahead now, you know, fast forward, uh, 10 months, uh, nine, eight months, I guess, actually be, you know, into this with medications and things, but yeah. it just put everything to a complete stop and I've never seen anything quite quite like that in my in my lifetime, and yeah. it's yeah. it's just been uh, uh, it's been very frightening in some ways, but in other ways, it's it's really brought out some good good things in people, and uh, and in technology. I mean, it's been it's just been crazy to see some of the innovation and the way uh, the way this works. I you know I, I I never knew what a Zoom call was. <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. We had a church meeting back in uh, April or so, and it was a Zoom call. And you know what? It's cool. It it's works fine. Fun. It yeah. works fine. Yeah. It, it works fine. We we actually had Easter. Uh, our family get together was uh, was on Zoom because uh, <laughs> we could, you know we couldn't get together and and uh, we did want to celebrate and acknowledge mm. Easter and uh, and uh, that's how we chose to do it. So mm. we stayed connected, and that's important. I love that. I love that. And another aspect of this pandemic has just been the continued shift to storing data online. Right. So we just talked about businesses need the ability to communicate, you know, with somebody that's not in their specific physical location. And that leads to a lot of data getting built up over time. And you need some place to store that. And, you know, companies that can store their data and collect that information and utilize it effectively have come out far ahead, far ahead. And this is another area that companies are making big time leaps in. And I could be off base here, Ron, you know, follow in line with my thinking. But I, I mean, I see when I drive home, I can see physical storage companies. They're popping up all over the place. Sure, you know, right? physical storage, yes. is, it, it seems like a great 
real estate investment, people are always utilizing it. It makes sense that storing information that companies collect over time online and utilizing that information effectively is going to be key in the future. And Ron, I know for our sake, as people that work in the financial industry, keeping our clients' information safe and protected is at the top of our list, You know, which is also an industry that people can invest in, the safety of information. When you combine the ability for a company to store important information with another company that is leading the industry and protecting that information, you could be in store for a great business. And you know, the second area that we're going to focus on today is the business or is the ability for businesses to be able to effectively sell their products online, otherwise known as e-commerce. Right. This is one of the big areas that has boomed during this pandemic run. And we have we may have mentioned it previously is a company's ability to move their product via the internet. And there's many individual companies that are leading the charge on this that investors have the opportunity to invest in. And Ron, this does not seem like a trend that's going away. So I got to ask, man, I know you're probably not a big <laughs> online shopper. You know what? You might be surprised. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, I'm, I'm all ears here, you know. So as these years have gone on, do you find yourself shopping more online? You know, I'm one of those people that uh, uh, I, I like to go to brick and mortar stores. Uh, in yep. my younger days, I, I was uh, had the privilege of, of working in a, in a retail hardware store, which was just probably the best education I've ever had. But I do, I do like uh, brick-and-mortar stores, but I think you'd be surprised uh, how much we do actually buy online. And yep. uh, I have to tell you, and I'm sure it's going to happen at some point, I've never been disappointed with anything I've bought online. Wow. No, I've never been disappointed. It's always just as it was sold or represented, and... and uh, and I really appreciate that. I mean, how difficult is it to just click a few clicks of your computer mouse and, uh, you know, in a couple of three days, it shows up on your front porch. You know, I mean, it's it's yep. just a beautiful thing. Absolutely. <laughs> it Absolutely. truly is. And, you know, I think this industry is a great one to invest in because it really plays off of the idea of the American dream. You know, what is the dream that most people want to, atri- uh, to achieve that's to build a great business and reach the masses? You know, well, you know, this industry is helping to further that dream along e-commerce. We're talking about e-commerce as an industry to right. invest in. You know, the other thing that these platforms allow people to do is compete in an ever-changing economy. We love competition around here, Ron. Yeah, we do. You know, we don't mind a little healthy competition every once in a while because it keeps people on their toes and it drives economic growth from this country. So, Ron, can you speak to just our ever-changing need as a country for competition to be able to grow during a time like this? Well, I think it. Uh, I think one of the things that it points out is... Uh, it's just how large some retailers have have, uh, yeah. have gotten, um, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a subject here, and I don't mean for it to be a sore subject, but we have a lot of mom and pop stores that were shut shuttered for a long time, and by law they had to be that way. Yep. And then we had gigantic box stores that were just doing huge huge business. And I guess I have to I guess I have to ask myself what really is the definition of essential services. Hmm. Um, I see some companies, some larger retailers that they, you know, it was, uh, it was never a question whether they were, were going to close for the pandemic, but by golly, a lot of, in fact, most of the mom and pop stores, the smaller operations, retailers, they were, they were close and the big boys 
got to stay open. So, I mean, I, it's an ever-changing world. I get that, and I understand that. Uh, I do with great admiration. I, I have great admiration for those retailers who have not only had brick-and-mortar stores, but they've integrated e-commerce yep. and, uh, and online shopping. Uh, I, I think it's, it's just a perfect blend, and I think those are the companies that are going to last the long haul. I think there are some that probably aren't, and I think yeah. the pandemic is probably going to put a few of those out. And it is, it's massively impressive when you can have a business that has done well operating specifically out of a store, and then you can have a business owner that's humble enough, that's adaptable enough, that's eager enough to be able to say, you know what, right. we have to do this to survive. And they make the change, and, and it's paid off for some, and the people that don't, it's just it's been really, really tough to see. So if somebody's a small business owner and they did not possess the ability to communicate with their customers online, they had a massive challenge. They're having a massive challenge right. during this pandemic. And you know, Ron, the third area we're going to look at today is healthcare. And, and you know, Ron, we could go in a lot of different directions when it comes to this topic of healthcare sure. as an investment, investment industry. And, you know, it's something to be able to invest in. But similar to the previous industries that we've talked about, healthcare has seen a big shift towards telemedicine. And obviously a race to see who can find the cure to the first coronavirus vaccine, which is so super hard to be able to tell as right. an investor. You know, and as the CEO of, and as one CEO in this industry said, Ron, the healthcare system is on the verge of a new era for virtual care. One of the most intelligent ways we've seen companies thrive during this time, Ron, are the companies that help facilitate the data storage in the healthcare industry. Another way is companies that allow for this testing to be done effectively. And then lastly, companies that have allowed people to stay in touch with their medical professionals to maintain the care that they need. And one of the results of this COVID pandemic is that Medicare now covers telemedicine, which is a massive deal when you think about the uncertainty surrounding how long COVID-19 will be around. The unique thing about telemedicine as an industry, Ron, is that it captures an area of the medical market that might have gone unutilized before. For example, a minor issue that somebody may not have used to go to the doctor for because of the cost can now be addressed for a lesser cost via telemedicine. It's a very intriguing area to invest in, I must say. So, Ron, I got to ask, what are your thoughts on the shifting healthcare environment? Well, Sean, I think it's an amazing thing the way that... Uh you know, the, the, there's been some bad things that have come out of this pandemic, but there are also some good things. And I think this is uh, this is pointing the finger and putting your finger right on one of those things. I mean, how much sense does it make to have medical expertise and medical professionals that can avail themselves to anybody, to, you know, electronically around the world? Yep. And, and yep. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it isn't uh, it, it isn't completely foolproof, but it goes a long, long way in uh, diagnosing some problems that, uh, you know, with that expertise that the doctors have and the caregivers have, I think it's just a phenomenal thing and it just makes sense. Uh, you know, I guess it, it's just one of those V8 moments. Why didn't we think about this before, <laughs> you know? But uh, it took the pandemic and, and something like this to bring another one of these phenomenal uh, programs to the forefront. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. And my dad actually works in the field of medicine, too. So him and I have had a lot of conversations about this particular area of the industry. And he's uh, been able to point out, you know, that there's still professions that are not going to be able to 
utilize their services via telemedicine 100%, but what you're actually seeing is that there's continued uh, you know, improvements that are being made, such as the little things that you're actually able to plug into your computer, you know, blood pr- pressure monitoring, mm-hmm. little things like that that you can actually do from your home gets uploaded to the computer where the doctors can continue to monitor what's going on with you even though you physically aren't there, which I thought was just very unique, it's you know, unique. as, as we is. go on. And, you know, I think the other thing that it might it might draw more people in to, to uh, do a, a, a telemedicine visit because they don't have to leave the comfort maybe of their home. Yep. And let's face the facts. I mean, it takes a little bit of courage to walk into <laughs> into a doctor's office or a doctor's building. I mean, that, uh, yeah. that's just one of those things that might make it easier for people in general. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a quick one. Uh, our fourth topic, uh, talking about industries that people can invest in. And just a reminder, you're listening to the Journey Mindset Podcast. You can connect with us at 636-239-5000. We are Cornerstone Financial Consultants in Washington, Missouri. The fourth area that we're actually looking at, at talking about investing in the future, uh, industries that we think are going to be here to stay, is talking about engineers and developers. As previously mentioned, Ron, this may be my personal favorite industry to invest in at the moment, and I'm always intrigued with builders and developers. Sometimes this can be with the physical world, such as companies that are helping to build physical buildings, but even more intriguing to me are the companies that are helping to build our digital world. So similar to the thinking above, if you can invest in the industries that are helping to build our new technologies, our new software, a lot of what we've actually talked about leading up to this point, those companies that do it the best are likely to be around for a long time. So, Ron, I know you've mentioned enjoying being able to physically touch what you're investing in right. as in the past. So, you know, what are some industries that you've watched or that you've enjoyed watching grow over the years? Well, you know, it's been fun to watch uh, some of the some of the uh, <clears throat> larger retailers. I mean, like yep. um, Walmart and, and Sears and JCPenney's. It's been fun. To, to watch them and their growth and the uh, and, and the way they've they've expanded and I guess the thing that occurs to me is that a good many of these companies have really enriched the lives of a lot of Americans and that's not a bad thing that's a good thing yep. um, but yeah I mean I would certainly uh, not overlook the technology sector even though you can't always touch it and feel it you know that's yeah that's that's not a it's it's not a, a a coverall. I mean, uh, there are a good many companies in that in that sector that have done incredibly well. That's right. And and when you come down to it, <clears throat> they're responsible for enriching the lives of a lot of people as well. And and uh, I think it's a good sector to take uh, and pay attention to. Absolutely. Uh, the last uh, investment sector we're going to look at today is energy, but more specifically sustainable energy. And I saved this one for last, Ron, because I think it's just a fun topic to talk about. We can look at all the ways that the world is trying to make life here on Earth more sustainable for all of us. And you know, the goal of this show is to help people identify industries they can invest in that are trying to help make the world a better place. So this isn't an exhaustive list, but these are a couple of different types of alternative energy or sustainable energy that are leading the way. And the two that we're going to talk about today are advanced biofuels. And Ron, these are companies that are trying to help ease the transition sure. from natural gas, help our environment a little bit more, you know, by driving environmental friendly energy sources mm-hmm. that still allow the same performance, if not better. 
And Ron, I know for me, you know, I believe it's only a matter of time that before the old way of transportation is forced to transition in a totally different direction to ensure the well-being and safety of, honestly, life on Earth. You know, I don't think it's anything imminent, but it's something that needs to definitely be planned for. Right. And we're already starting to see this transition. So as an investor, when you can really look at trends and say, man, there's a massive shift that's happening here. Mm-hmm. How can I, you know, be on the forefront of this? Why not? Why not hop on a growing trend that is going to be here to stay? And this is essentially taking natural resources that we have here on Earth and finding ways to change those resources into energy sources for our lives. And this is something that people can invest in. You know, we're already starting to see many cars and transportation companies utilize this technology. So it's an important one to keep your eye on as an investor. And the second sustainable energy Uh, you know, aspect of sustainable energy that we're going to talk about is solar technologies. And another way that people can invest in the future is looking at solar power. And, uh, you know, as a world, Ron, we're figuring out ways to better utilize the big ball in the sky, you know, to to, to find a way to save us some money uh, as homeowners, but then to also give us a chance to make some more money as investors, obviously with no guarantee, of course, but it's a fun industry to track and potentially invest in. You know, I've seen, Ron, you know, out by us, plenty of homes and plenty of companies that are installing those solar panels on their roofs, playing the long game, knowing that this is going to pay off down the road, you know, hoping to save some money down the line. So I'm curious for you, Ron, uh, what do you think of when you think of sustainable energy with the solar panels and just trying to find a way to to help us survive? Well, I think it's a tremendous uh, opportunity as an investor. And and, uh, I personally, I would be interested as a homeowner to have... Mm have solar panels if my house uh, situated correctly that we could get the exposure that we need. And we've checked it out. It, it, it doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But in those solar panels are so much improved and they're only going to get better as that te- technology uh, advances. But, uh, you know, I've got a good number of, of uh, clients and friends who work for the local utility company. But I have to be honest with you. I think it'd be the coolest thing in the world for them to send me a check as opposed to be, be sending them a check, you know, as a result of, you know, solar panels on top of the roof. I think yeah. that's uh, I think that's fun. That's a great point. And, you know, there's plenty of other forms of sustainable energy, but just for the sake of the show, we're trying to be timely, you know, and I'm sure there's other areas that you can invest in, but we're going to cut off the sustainable energy talk right there. But I think it's worth mentioning, you know, we talked about a lot of fun and innovative industries today that people have the ability to invest in, but we should always mention that these investments are specific to each individual investor and you should always have a process for your investment selection that meets your specific risk tolerance and yes. needs. So before we wrap up our show today, Ron, do you have any final thoughts on a lot of these fun industries that we got to talk about today? Well, you know what? That's the beautiful part of the business that we're in. It's uh, it's uh, uh, it's consistent in one way, but it's always changing. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the companies change, the uh, the names and the faces change, but still, it's uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to work in the financial services industry. I mean, after all... The market and the economy is the heartbeat of the country. It's yep. it's what uh, mm. it's it's what propels you know the whole system. I mean, uh, and and investing is certainly that part. And and I think people, if they would keep a few ba- basic uh, rules in mind, start early, stay uh, stay with investing as you know through the tough times, it it pays off. It certainly does. And uh, uh, but be consistent, be disciplined to it. I mean it. Uh, 
it's one of those things that uh, you need to do and, and start, uh, start as a young person if you can. And I think the word for me that came out of looking at these five different sectors of the industry that people can invest in is hope. You know, I, I look at these things. Oh, absolutely. It gives me a ton of hope and it, you know, it kind of gives me a little bit of juice heading into the day to be you able bet. to learn a little bit more about these companies and what the world's going to look like. Sean, the best days mm. are still ahead. They, that's they so true. They still are. They're still ahead. So true. And that's what I want people to realize as investors is, I mean, you can really not only take part in something that's helping the world, but that's going to really put you in a great place to set your family up right. for a long time to come. So if you're somebody that wants to do that, be sure to connect with us at cornerstone the number 2 investcom or reach out to us at 636-239-5000 if you would like to connect and learn more about what we talked about today here at Cornerstone Financial. And our goal is to always to get to know your particular situation and to see how we can help. So big thank you for tuning in today. We love being on KFAV 99.9. Thanks for listening.